Welcome to Inspirational Australians, where we share stories of Australians making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. We at Inspirational Australians acknowledge the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waterways on which this podcast is produced. We pay our respect to elders past and present and those who are emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. At Inspirational Australians, we are inspired by the world's oldest living culture and pay homage to their rich storytelling history when we share stories on our podcast. Our podcast guest this week is the extraordinary Jasmine Smith, who won the Seven News Young Achiever Small Business Award for Queensland earlier this year for her extraordinary achievements in the music industry here in Australia. Jasmine, welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, it's really, really great to talk to you. You have achieved so much over your short journey so far, and I'm not going to steal any thunder by talking through what any of that is, but you certainly are an inspiration and you have a passionate love for the arts and music, which is wonderful. I don't have an artistic bone or notes <laughs> in my body, so I'm always really thrilled and inspired and overawed by people like yourself who are extraordinary so when did your interest in the arts uh, first start and where did it come from? You know, I get this question a lot and it's it's kind of just one of those answers where I feel like it was just something intrinsic in me, um, a part of who I am as a person. Um, my family wasn't particularly artistic in any sense, although my grandmother's a painter, um, but I think uh, just just my love for music and books and all of that good stuff, um, I just always wanted to access it and be able to make that a big part of my life. So, yeah. We probably did it a little bit tougher than many because you hear the story of people saying, oh, my mum, my dad, you know, my auntie was uh, this extraordinary singer and had great success or they were a violinist or whatever it was. But you really started from just a, an innate passion. So uh, that would have been much more complex or difficult, I imagine. Yeah, I, I suppose, though, um, you know, being void of it kind of made me more hungry for it. And, um, you know, the people and the, the modes that I looked to for inspiration were everything I was watching on Rage um, TV on a Saturday morning or um, all of the books that my granddad would leave for me to read at bedtime. So I, I had lots of inspiration, just not physical people right there. At what point did you realise you had a, a real musical talent? Mm, I've been songwriting actually since um, I was tiny, as long as I can remember. Um, I just wanted to replicate everything I loved about music and just a chronic writer, so writing poems, stories and songs just naturally came on from that. It's fascinating. So you uh, you put your thoughts into words and then into music? Yes, yeah. Uh, what, what type of music did you write? Was there a theme or just anything and everything? Uh, well, when I was younger, I think I definitely used it as, you know, a cathartic process to kind of... Um, articulate a lot of the more difficult things that I 
was surrounded by in my younger life. And then um, so a lot of that earlier writing was quite, you know, sad or angsty or what have you. Um, but I'm definitely happy now that the music that I'm actually releasing to the world is kind of on the other side of that journey. And um, so the music I make now is kind of folksy. Um, I love like Peter, Paul and Mary, Simon and Garfunkel, that kind of music. So I like to think that it now comes with a great deal of light um, around it and, you know, uh, positive messaging, although not trying to negate, um, you know, where all of that positivity and gratitude was born from having to go through all the hard yards to find it. That's really fascinating because we hear constantly the value and importance of talking with someone about your your worries, the things that concern you in life, uh, and just getting it out. And I think there's a lesson there for all of us. If you don't feel comfortable at a particular time to talk to someone, you don't have someone, just put your thoughts on paper. And I imagine that was very helpful helpful for you in your early days. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, even, even when I was younger and that was kind of the way that I was doing it, you know, the validation even just from teachers who I'd be able to sort of share um, my writing with. That was what propelled me to keep pursuing it into my adult life because um, they vouched for me so much in my writing back then. And then now getting to release music to the world, um, it's just you feel seen and you also have this beautiful flow-on effect where the music that you're making is helping other people to feel seen. So it's this beautiful um, holistic event where, you know, I'm I'm able to connect with a community, but they're also finding something that they can connect with in return. And I imagine it would be hard to even understand or appreciate yourself, the value that you can offer and how far-reaching your service to the world is uh, or, or, or makes because of what you do. Yeah, I mean, look, I am a big data analytics type of a person despite all the artistic background. Um and it's really interesting, actually, we, you know, when you release music, you get all your stats back from Spotify and Apple Music and whatnot. And it's so interesting to actually watch it spread throughout the world and all the different folks in different countries, you know, picking it up and participating in it. But yeah, I guess I'm really excited to lean into um, touring and playing more live music to actually have that direct connection with audiences and hear the feedback in person, I suppose, is um, what's just kind of missing from the equation at the moment. Can't wait. Make sure you uh, add me to your to your mailing list. You'll be on the VIP guest list. Oh, even better. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Can you give us a brief outline of your journey that led to the birth, and I guess you've just started that, but uh, led to the journey or the birth of your business, Jasmine Producers? Yeah, absolutely. So, Yes, Jasmine Producers is my bread and butter, so that's what keeps it all ticking. Um, I've always had that entrepreneurial bone in my body, you know, always the kid handing out flyers, riding my bike around, trying to get people to let me bird sit, I think at one point was <laughs> something. I don't know why birds, I don't know how many people need their birds minded, but anyway, we learned from that. When I was 21, um, I dropped out of my uni degree. I'd just had my first son and I started, oh, well, actually, I, I bought a secondhand camera off of Gumtree um, and just decided that, you know, I'd always loved photography and filmmaking. 
um, had no formal training, but I thought, I wonder if anybody would, you know, pay me a little bit of money to do this. And so I actually started my first business. My first serious business was um, a wedding media company. And it just, it became so successful, so organically and so quickly. Um, we actually ended up shooting over a hundred weddings in a few years. Um, I traveled internationally for weddings and had a uh, team that I was able to build in to meet, you know, the demand. And then COVID came along and suddenly all the weddings were off the table. And at that point, I was actually feeling quite burnt out from, you know, the amount of travel that I was investing in having to reach people far and wide that wanted us there. And also, I think I just really was craving a change of pace to be able to lean more into the artistic side of the shooting. So Jasmine Producers is um, a brand. We exclusively work with musicians and artists. Um, and, you know, I actually didn't put a lot of forethought into moving in that direction. I just knew that music was my biggest passion, is my biggest passion. And so I thought it just makes sense to transfer the skill set from here to here. And then thankfully I got very lucky and it took off equally in just a successful way and I've been able to pursue it and, you know, round out the edges and, yeah, it's it's great. How fantastic is that? So you really, I mean, there's a lesson there for all of us to, uh, I guess, innovate, constantly look at what we're doing, how we can do it better, what we're in, what we are enjoying mm. uh, and gives us joy and uh, satisfaction collect collectively with how can we grow our business you know be the one to many as you say traveling to each event or each wedding or whatever it is that you're doing is pretty tough work so the way you turn that into something even more special was really cool and i think that's as i say a lesson for everybody to just constantly be re uh rebirthing or re-looking at yourself and how you're doing things and what you're actually enjoying and how you can do it better and reach more people. Who are some of the, uh, all of your clients, no doubt, are very special. Who are some of the, your clients that you've had an amazing moment with or that people would know? Yeah, I have had the opportunity to work with so many incredibly talented individuals. Um, definitely a highlight for me has been, uh, when Mr. Murray Cook, the OG Red Wiggle, actually found me on Instagram. Um, and I actually, after a couple of years of just watching each other back and forth on there and having a couple of chats, uh, because they're based in Sydney and I'm up in Gympie, Queensland, um, they actually just pulled the trigger and said, we would like to basically put me on retainer and I have a sister brand called Calamity Jane, which is my management company. Um, so they signed on to that and I had the opportunity to work with them for multiple film clips, photo shoots coming up to the release of their most recent album. So that's definitely been a highlight. Um, I've also very worked. Cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, also, Just so awesome to learn from people and be trusted by people that have been in the industry for so long and worked with so many people um, who provide the same service as me, but um, yeah, it kind of it kind of also forces me to give up a little bit of the imposter syndrome, which I was definitely still carrying around. Um, but you know, in hindsight, I think um, it is always that it's it's a lesson there too that um, 
I should have just I should have just trusted myself without that validation. And I think I'll take that lesson going forward for sort of any other moments where I am doubting myself. Um, but yeah, I, I've also worked with incredible country musicians. A lot of my artists that I work with actually are in the country genre, which is nothing intentional on my end, but just word of mouth, it kind of gets around in those circles. So Lee Kernigan is probably the household name that everybody is aware of. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah. So lot, lots of great, incredible people in between, but yeah. And every client, every person that you work with is special because you're helping to make a difference and become part of their journey. Mm. The imposter syndrome is really, really real for all of us. Well, I reckon nearly every single person suffers from that. And I was really intrigued when, you know, you said that having a key moment helped you overcome that. And it is something that many of us don't ever overcome. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your thoughts putting you on the spot uh, about how we can do that? Is You talked about there was a moment in time that you realised that you are worthy. Uh, yeah. I think that, you know, I I don't always feel this way and I I definitely have to keep practicing what I preach, but imposter syndrome is one of those things that it's kind of a luxury for us to dwell in that. And I think it's also just almost a tool to stop us from working as hard or dreaming as big as we could. And certainly in Australia, we have this, you know, the tall poppy syndrome where we kind of have this strange attitude toward people that... um, you know, believe in themselves or want to stand up tall and strong and proud. And I think it holds all of us back. And especially, you know, working in the music industry in Australia, a really big issue that we have is that there is kind of a ceiling to what artists can achieve because we don't have the sort of media loop that um, the US has and we don't have the kind of awards with the prestige that the US has. And I think a lot of that has to do with us all keeping ourselves in these smaller boxes and being scared to kind of take up more space um, and have the bigger voice and, you know, beat our chests a little bit more. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And in fact, I do actually think that we owe it to ourselves and we also owe it to whichever industry we are passionate about and working inside of to actually think, well, is this serving me in any way to have to sit inside of this imposter syndrome and put energy behind it and let it kind of uh, be a veil in front of whatever I'm doing? Is that serving me in any way? And if not, uh, you know, I think it's just always the choice to choose bravery and courage instead. Uh, even though it is scary, um, I think it just it has the potential to propel us and our industries Um to bigger bigger heights bigger potential um once we get rid of a lot of that fear so yeah i I think you know it's not always something that we feel comfortable choosing to just believe in ourselves drop that but i think it is worthwhile i think the last couple of minutes that we've just captured is probably something we should bottle for all generations of the future put it in a time capsule a copy for every generation to come. Uh, It's just brilliant. So I think you've absolutely nailed it. And we really need to be aware of um, how much energy it costs us, how much time we spend thinking we're not good enough. So just great words of wisdom, Jasmine. Thank you so much. Really, really cool. Now, 
You mentioned that you're in Gympie and the, yeah, I know you have a number of local staff. Is that a disadvantage for you? How, how do you deal being outside of metropolitan areas? Yeah, um, you know, there are moments where it definitely feels like it has its uh, weaknesses over its strengths. Um, we're obviously disconnected from the major music hubs and, you know, a bigger population to have instant access to. Uh, but, you know, in in being in Gympie, there's so many beautiful things that come of it. One of them that you touched on is being able to employ young staff here who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to work in the arts or in the music industry. So that's a really special thing to me because I feel like I'm directly impacting, you know, uh, these folks' lives in ways that they wouldn't otherwise have access to, which has flow-on effects to our community as a whole. Um, so being able to sort of participate in shaping the culture here is a really interesting kind of experiment to be a part of. Um, and beyond that, I think it's caused me and forced me to have to innovate and think outside of the box. And those things have actually become our strengths. So, for example, um, one way that we tackle this is we now do tours, which is not a typical thing that you hear media companies, you know, kind of participating in, but we decided to do tours. So we do a couple each year where we travel interstate um, to service multiple clients at once in those bigger music hubs and they can share the travel costs between, you know, a number of them. So it's not exponentially more than it would be just hiring someone locally um, because obviously social media is a massive tool for us and so we get followers from all over Australia, all over the world and, um, you know, they see our work and they want to work with us but we try to make it as easy and accessible as possible, I suppose. So, yeah, the the innovation factor, I think, is what keeps me not resenting Gimpy. Like, I really try to look at it as a tool to just work that little bit harder and think that little bit more creatively about how to overcome these problems to hopefully also solve those problems for people that come after me who want to do similar work in the same industry. So, well, You're a great role, role model for communities that have young people that stay mm. or that are thinking about leaving and can I make it locally to showcase that you can if you work hard and the world is your oyster yes. and you have shown that because you have undertaken quite some extensive travel haven't you to a number of locations can you tell us some of those locations and what that's all uh, looked like yeah, absolutely. So we've done all our Australian rounds. Um, we're frequently in New South Wales for either, you know, music festivals or uh, Sydney is a really big spot for us. But I, we also had the opportunity to travel over to Hollywood and to Los Angeles uh, to film some behind the scenes uh, for one of our clients who was recording their album over in Nashville. Um, so that's been a really exciting uh, experience for me. I think it's definitely something that I want to factor into our year ahead. Also, we're really trying to plan another Nashville trip as a team to service American artists over there, um, not just because it's obviously a great experience for my team and myself to kind of be absorbed in these other cultures and, you know, meet and connect with new artists and the industry over there, but also because... Um, Nashville really is a big feeder community and culture for the Australian country music scene. Um, a lot of our artists actually frequently travel to Nashville to co-write or to record. 
Um, and so it's really important to us actually to understand what's happening over there and get that real sense for it to be able to bring that back into the work we do here. So, yeah, international travel, I mean, it, it has all its obvious benefits um, for expanding horizons. But, yeah, I think that's a really important thing for us to have a point of difference in actually understanding that culture. It's great to have Nashville as a mentor uh, in mm. a sense. Speaking of mentors, do you have a a mentor? I mean, you've done so much. You've really achieved outstanding results. Do you have a mentor or someone that you look up to? You know, um, I wish that I had, I really wish that I had found at this point someone in a similar industry that I had connected with and would immediately sort of uh, relate to that mentorship title. Um, I think my, the way that I've learnt from people is like all of my clients in various capacities. And um, uh, I would say that, you know, my biggest inspiration just as a human is my grandmother and my grandfather, um, just people that have taught me all the core foundational skills about how to be a good person, how to look after yourself and how to look after others. So it's not necessarily connected to the industry, but um, I think it's all those foundational things that have you know, given me the opportunity to be successful because I've set myself up internally for success. So, yeah, definitely grandma and granddad. Little shout out. <laughs> uh, good old grandma and granddad. And we, I think we need someone to look up to or to fall back on when times are tough just to think about the things that we've learned, no matter what that is. Values are really important and it sounds to me without putting words in your mouth, that the values and the life experiences uh, that your grandparents have taught you have held you in really good stead. Because you haven't always done it easy, have you? You had a pretty tough teenage years. Uh, Are you comfortable to tell us through, you know, to put some context, and please, you don't have to, of course, but put some context around our listeners, understanding just how far you've come, you really yeah. did uh, do it tough through those high high school and early tertiary years, didn't you? Yeah, um, you know, I have this I have this trait that I'm not sure is a blessing or a curse, but I like to think it's a blessing um, that I actually do feel very comfortable and actually relish in the opportunity to tell these stories because um, I would really like it to reach somebody who is in a similar circumstance to really like know that it is very possible to overcome all the statistics that come along with these things. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, not even just my teenage years, I guess the story that I most publicly share most frequently is that I moved out of home into a women's shelter when I was 15, put myself through high school independently. I got myself there every day, bought all my books, you know, packed all my lunches. Um, and I graduated with a great OP and a scholarship to Griffith University, which was, you know, just beyond my wildest dreams. Um, but, you know, everything that led up to me needing to move out of home into a women's shelter, I suppose, are the stories that are less told. Um, but, you know, I, I Sometimes if I go and link up with a psychologist from time to time when I just need that little bit of, um, you know, connection there, uh, when I'm meeting somebody for the first time and listing it all off, they kind of sit back and they're like, well, you, you just tick all the boxes, <laughs> you know. Um, I I feel like I've overcome so much of that and I've done a lot of work where it doesn't, you know, impact me in the same ways. So I do feel comfortable um talking about it but yeah I suppose just all all of the big broad brush brush strokes of it you know um 
little bit of neglect in the childhood and things of that nature. I'm sure that listeners can use their imaginations, but yeah, just, um, you know, coming from circumstances where statistically it wouldn't look very likely that I would be able to end up where I am, you know, um, I was the kid going to school in dirty clothes and, you know, no lunch and all of that, uh, kind of interesting space to be in, but you know, I'm I'm a mother now myself and I'm up every morning in my beautiful clean home, um, packing my son's school lunch and getting to live my dream. So it's all very possible, but it doesn't come without all the hard work to, you know, make sure that you're keeping yourself safe and accessing help when you need it. So, yeah. Well, I think you're an inspiration because there are many people who do it tough and we could find excuses of why it's too hard and woe is me. And I'm not saying we should not have the right to feel that way, but you're the inspiration in saying, you know what, I can overcome it. Mm-hmm. Whether you need to look for help, whether you need to seek that mentorship, some guidance, someone to talk to, but you're the inspiration to know that it can be done, that people can overcome and make something very special of themselves because we're all special, but we can overcome to achieve extraordinary. And extraordinary to every single person is different. It can be whatever you want it to be, but we can do it. Mm -hmm. And you've shown that and you show that every day. So all power to you. I really feel that you're such a role model, which, again, is what our awards are all about, showing uh, outstanding young people who are role models, showcasing stories that inspire us. So I think you're amazing. Uh, I cannot tell you enough how inspiring you are. So I hope all of our listeners, if there's someone that you can think of that may need a little bit of encouragement, share the podcast with them because to hear the story of Jasmine will no doubt inspire. So what advice can you offer, Jasmine, to people who are continually faced with barriers that, you know, seem it's just too hard? Um, I think that over time and all the different problem solving that I've had to do in various capacities, whether that's personal life or business, um, The one thing that really is consistent is gratitude and, um, you know, framing everything with a sense of gratitude, uh, even on your hardest days, is generally the thing that is going to keep you ticking along well enough to get to the next moment where things kind of clear up, you know. It's not, we're not always problem solving against things that we have control over, um, whether that is personal or business. So I think you just have to really do the work to keep yourself in a positive space as much as possible um, because otherwise, you know, living inside of any sort of negative energy for too long, you're you're kind of always robbing yourself of the energy to move on to the next thing with the right headspace. So gratitude is my little superpower that I try to fall back on and I I think it really is something that um, we don't practice frequently enough these days. Um, I know that for so long, Religion has been the source where many of us would have been taught how to practice that gratitude. And obviously we're sort of moving into this time period where religion's falling off. Um, and I just don't know that we have something filling that gap yet for 
sharing that kind of ability to reflect and be grateful. So, yeah, I would just I would strongly encourage that to become part of people's practice. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think uh, religion is part of is has a theme of gratitude too, doesn't it? But I think you nailed it. Gratitude, and the, the gems are flowing thick and fast. But I I agree. Gratitude is so important. Gives us positivity. It reminds us of the good things that we have, the things that we've achieved, uh, and often the good things we have come as a result of our hard work. My dad always used to say, "It's funny how the harder." Uh, the lucky you are, the harder you work, the lucky you are. People say you're so lucky. Yeah, gee, uh, you know, and I that's always resonated for me. We make our own luck. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I and I think um, I was reflecting on this the other day. Actually, you know, the phrase "comparison is the thief of joy," and I think that there's another way to look at that. Um, I know that we can tend to skew in the way of comparing ourselves to people that are on paper doing better than us. But I think also comparing um, our situations against what we're not experiencing is something that maybe we don't spend enough time doing. I think that, you know, we're always looking forward to that big, beautiful, shiny car and that that huge house and, you know, uh, people showing up to give us massages, that kind of thing that we're comparing our situation too. Um, But sometimes I think like my practice of gratitude also involves looking back at where I've come from and comparing to that circumstance and, you know, other people's lives that I witnessed during those times also where I'm able to just be grateful for the fact that, you know, I'm practicing, you know, a good routine at bedtime with my son, you know, things like that, where you really have to be grateful for those small things, whatever you're achieving that is keeping you and the people you love safe and healthy. Compare that to, you know, as not being a given, I suppose, and it keeps you in good stead. Yeah. Again, words of wisdom. Um, So, in another direction and beyond your extraordinary personal and business achievements, you've also, you touched on earlier, release your own music, which is pretty exciting stuff. Can you enlighten us or expand a bit on, a bit more on that? Yeah. So I'd been working um, in the in music industry for a few years and being the chronic songwriter that I have been uh, for many, many decades before, many, many decades, I was 25 when I released my first song, but um yeah, I being surrounded by musicians, I just suddenly felt like I had a means to access that world of actually recording and putting music out into the world. So I decided to gather up a few of the songs that I'd written and recorded them last year with um, some beautiful clients that I've been working with long term, um, Melody and Michael Moko. They've won lots of fancy awards, all the arias and golden guitars and things. Um, So they helped me to put an EP together, which we released this year. Um, We were very lucky to get number four on the Apple Music charts on release day. And yeah, it's been a beautiful success. Um, But yeah, music is my, um, I suppose, well, I feel like my entire career is my hobby, really. But music is like my extra little cherry on top for all of that. It's definitely my indulgence zone. Brilliant. So what's the... EP called? Uh, the EP is called Garden. And yeah, I suppose if anybody would like to go and check it out, just to note that the spelling of my name is a bit strange with the J A Z M Y N. But yes, you can find it all over the place. And there's a couple of film clips on YouTube. And yeah. 
All right, Jasmine with a J-A-Z and a garden. Yes. Yeah. So as soon as we get off the podcast, everyone, download uh, Garden. I I think we're all going to get on and uh, and grab it. Sounds amazing. Can't wait to listen to it. So that went number four to say day one. Yeah, on release we got number four on Apple Music, so that was very exciting. Very, very, very exciting. So what's next uh, in terms of recordings? Um, I have a whole another album ready to go at the moment um, in terms of I've written the songs but I haven't recorded them yet. Um, I think I just am trying to pace myself a little bit and really put the work into doing the tour and getting out on the road and connecting with a, um, more of the community to actually take that experience and put it back into the next recording process. So it's all ticking along, but, yeah, we're focusing on um, live shows next and then we'll get into recording hopefully at the end of next year. One step at a time. One game at a, at a time, as they say. <laughs> well, going back, if we may, to the awards gala presentation dinner Royal on the Park earlier this year, must have been a, a wonderful acknowledgement of your artistic contribution uh, and a real thrill to have won the Small Business Award. Yeah, it was, you know, I wasn't expecting it at all, the win, because... Um, you know, I investigated who I was up against and just felt so inspired by all these other young people doing such incredible work. And I really thought, oh, you know, all of these people are so deserving. And so I didn't, I didn't attend the awards with the thought that I had any shot, honestly. Um, so I was very, very surprised the moment that my name was called out, but I was really excited to be able to take my team along with me to celebrate that night because it's also a reflection on them and celebrating all their hard work, um, that they put into the business. Um, but it was such a beautiful night. We met so many incredible other young people who, understand the struggle and understand the commitments and the sacrifices and to be in a space with so many like-minded hard-working people was really so inspiring to me yeah it, it is always inspiring i always get goosebumps every event to hear the stories to meet people uh, and to understand a little more and you can see it in people their journey you can really get a sense and feel of the of the person i think not always but most often what are your main memories of the event i mean you probably just covered that but uh is there something that you've taken away from winning the award that holds precious to you yeah um i think the whole team involved in organizing the event has made it such a special thing because there's so many flow-on effects from it. So it doesn't just end at the awards night. There's been a lot of support and networking um, potential that has come out of it. So I think all of the, like the event itself was beautiful and amazing. I would relive that night again, but um, everything after has been just as beautiful. And, you know, it's been so nice to connect with so many of the young people, but also the people involved in um, organizing and facilitating the event. So it's definitely just expanded my community that little bit more. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really grateful for everything that we're now um, experiencing as a result of that. And I'm sure every that everybody that's connected with you is grateful to uh, hear your story and to have met you as well. And nominations uh, are currently open for this year's round of Young Achievers. 
uh, right across the country, in fact. And if any of our listeners would like to nominate someone for an award, you've just heard how important it's been to Jasmine. So if you'd like to know more, get on to awardsaustralia.com and give me uh, an email or send me an email at jeff at awardsaustralia.com, G-E-O-F-F at awardsaustralia.com. As I say, otherwise head on to the Young Achiever Award page, see uh, what categories are open and uh, who you might nominate. We all are a bit short of time, but we do have a form online that you can nominate someone in just two minutes, give your details, their details, we'll contact them, and it can be that easy. We'll then contact the young person that's mentioned and talk to them about the nomination. To nominate someone really is a privilege. To nominate someone like Jasmine is so special. Uh, It would give you a thrill and give you joy for the rest of your life to know that someone has benefited from your actions. So, Jasmine, what are some of your future plans and where to next for you? I think just developing and expanding everything that we're currently working on. So the management side of the business is growing um, slowly but surely, and we're trying to take our time to make sure that that's really built with strong foundations. Um, So expanding that and then also the international travel that we mentioned before and focusing on my music a lot more as well. Um, But, you know, I'm always a big believer as well in keeping options open and I'm really excited just to not have any incredibly concrete plans and just always be open to what's coming um, and what pops up along the way. I think that's where all the most beautiful stories have come from in my life where I've just kept an open mind. So, yeah, just excited to see what the future brings. I think that's probably good advice. Have plans, but don't make them too concrete so that when they don't go exactly according to plan, we're not uh, distraught or destroyed by the cracks that form. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. And, of course, you've got all your tours coming up, uh, which is fantastic. Look forward to getting my VIP uh, (laughs) spot. Absolutely. (laughs) Can't sing like a mime, you know, make out I'm like singing along because if I did actually, I might scare a few people off. Oh, no, we'd have to charge double the ticket price if you were up there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have any other words of advice or words of wisdom? Now, you have imparted quite a few, and uh, don't worry, listeners, there's no charge for those pearls. (laughs) They're all free of charge, courtesy of Jasmine. Anything else that you want to impart for our listeners who uh, might be doing it tough or wanting to start their own business or just needing a bit of encouragement? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, three things, uh, staying humble, not feeling entitled to any success and being patient. Um, I think those three things are super important. It doesn't mean that you have to detract from your own power and how much you believe in yourself and how much you want something. Um, But it is about just respecting the fact that there's so many people on this little planet of ours all trying to gun for their dreams and yours might not happen in the same way that you see it happening for somebody else. I think remaining humble and being patient about that is an incredibly powerful thing because what happens is that so many of us um, get caught up in 
this timeline that we've sort of set up for ourselves in our minds and it's got absolutely nothing to do with reality at the end of the day. I think just keep your blinkers on, work really hard and focus on what you're doing and just trust that if you are really approaching everything with integrity, that it will happen for you. There's basically, there's no way that it can't. Um, just keep your head down and work hard and trust trust the process. And how much do you charge for um, for your services to help people like myself? I'm speaking speaking for a friend, right? <laughs> you know, anybody who needs just to finish the day or start the day in a better space, what's your fee to inspire us for send, the day? I'll send you the invoice after this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, truly amazing. You're just extraordinary. Is there anything else that, and those three are pretty amazing, is there anything else that you would like to add before we close off today? Well, you know, all these beautiful listeners that have stuck with us for the whole podcast, if they all can go and stream the music, that would be fabulous. Uh, But, yes, also uh, nominating for the awards. I definitely want to mirror what you just mentioned about that. It's a great opportunity. So they should definitely pop over immediately after this and go and do that. Beautiful. Well said. So where can our listeners connect and find out more about Jasmine Producers, of course, your other uh, business? What is it, Calamity? Calamity Jane Music Management. Um, I said Calamity Jane, and I thought, no, Calamity Jane, that's a that's a person from a movie, isn't it? So, um, but, yeah, sorry. So Calamity Jane Music. She's our little renegade country wild child um, mascot, yes. Um, but, yeah, definitely our most active space is Instagram. So Jasmine Produces. The spelling is a little funny, but I'm sure it will be linked somewhere uh, with this podcast. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, from there you can find links to everything else. So that's the good spot to land. All right. Jasmine Producers on Instagram is the best place and uh, that EP Garden with Jasmine, spelt slightly differently, uh, unique, uh, actually, J-A-Z. Yep, M-Y-N. Yes, got it. All right, uh, Jasmine, it's been a real pleasure to chat with you today. In fact, it's been an inspirational and a highlight for me. Uh, I was saying earlier that I'm just coming off COVID so I feel so much better already. <laughs> I may, or may not go out for a jog after this. Probably the not part is probably more accurate. Um, but no, it has been amazing. I've absolutely loved my time with you today and I'm sure all of our listeners have also enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you so much for sharing some of your journey with us. Thank you for the opportunity. I super appreciate that. Absolutely, our pleasure. And until next week, please be kind and remember you're not alone because together we make a difference. The Inspirational Australians podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia. We recognise, celebrate and share the stories of Inspirational Australians through our awards programs across the country. To find out more, to nominate an inspirational Australian in your life, or to partner with our awards, visit awardsaustralia.com. If you enjoyed today's story, we'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and review. To make sure you don't miss an episode, 
and to help our guests reach more people with their inspirational stories.